When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey listeners, it's Phil Mackey. We're talking Minnesota sports five days a week on Mackey and Jeb with Rami. Available on Apple, Spotify, the Score North app, or anywhere else you find podcasts. If you're tight on time today and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. Reckless Speculation. Reckless Speculation. Reckless Speculation. We are day two of the winter meetings in San Diego. Mackie and Jeb with Rami, not in San Diego. We're here. It's like 15 below zero, I think, outside. Can we go to San Diego? Opposite of San Diego. Let's hop on some flights tonight. Okay. Sounds good to me. I am down. Where's credit card? But Doogie is bringing the San Diego and the hot stove to us. You can follow him on Twitter at DWolfsonKSGP. You can listen to his Scoop podcast. A couple times a week here on scorenorth.com and the Scornorth app and anywhere you find podcasts and also airing at 6 p.m. on Fridays. Welcome to the show, Doogie. The floor is yours. What are the twins doing and what is the latest steam that you have gathered? Hello, gentlemen. Good to see you guys. Would you believe in all the months of Mackie and Judd with Rami, this is my first in-studio appearance with you guys. Is it really? Yeah, I'm being divergent. I mean, seriously, you've been doing the show. Wow. I mean, remember back in the... Judge Judge blowing in your ear right now. Back in the mid-afternoon or early afternoon or mid-morning days. No, I'm just saying, Rami, I've never been in here. Do you want to turn the lights down? Because I think, what, Phil, that because there's four voices, sometimes five, Manny's here, Jonathan's here. I mean, let's just... There's too many voices, so I've been told, hey... So only when you have reckless speculation, okay, on the air production the twins, are you welcome in the studio? You pick a time every week. You pick a time, and we'll make this happen weekly again. You tell us. You give us your schedule, and we'll we'll bring the scoop back. This is as it right weekly. here. Tuesdays, five o'clock or four thirty. I mean, I'm flexible on Tuesdays, but Tuesdays. <laughs> Write that. Mark down. it down. Okay. So what are Write the twins up to? They were seeking some FaceTime with Scott Boros today. I mean, rightfully so. Scott was busy yesterday with the Nationals, wrapping up the Strasburg deal. So. He was tied up, but I know the Twins were seeking some FaceTime with Boros today. He has Ryu, he has Dallas Keuchel. I mean, he's got a bunch of different guys. So, I mean, clearly the Twins have interest in those guys. We know that the Twins have interest in Madison Bumgarner, but I'll tell you this much. There are Major League Baseball sources indicating to me that as much as the steam is out there that Ryu prefers to be on the West Coast, that Bumgarner really doesn't have a whole lot of interest in coming here to Minnesota. Hmm. That whether it's Atlanta, because the Braves do have interest in Baumgartner, maybe another team in that geographical location of the country, that, that there is a preference, A, to remain in the National League, and B, to be somewhere south. That doesn't mean that money can't talk if the Twins want to blow Baumgartner away with an offer, but I'm not also sure, just based on a little bit of intel, that the Twins, I mean, they set price points on all these guys. 
Do I firmly believe that the Twins view Madison Bumgarner as a 20 to $23 million a year type pitcher? I don't. So do I believe the Twins are willing to offer Bumgarner five years over $100 million? I would be surprised. Now, maybe they buckle under peer pressure, feel like, hey, they need to add somebody. You know, but I guess I would be surprised on that front. But I think ultimately they land somebody. I know a lot of Twins fans are upset. They're wondering what the heck is going on. I guess I would say it's December 10th. It's not March 10th. I wouldn't sleep on the trade market. You know, I think Keiko offers some appeal. You know, so I think they're going to end up with somebody. I wouldn't necessarily be upset if Ryu or Bumgarner in the next week or two end up elsewhere. Is there... Is there pressure to make a move not just from a baseball standpoint, but from a PR standpoint in that building to to satisfy Twins fans and shut up the ones who say they, they're never serious about signing big-ticket free agents? I mean, Rami, I think the loud ones are the ones that are on Twitter, and I call them the 10 to 12 percenters. I don't feel like a lot of fans are canceling their season tickets, sure. right? Or some of the corporate sponsors are are on the cusp of backing out of 2020 and 2021 Agreements because the Twins haven't signed anybody or traded for for a starter. And I also, I mean, I think fans struggle with this. They have made moves, right? I mean, I'm still baffled why Oda Rizzi accept, accepted the qualifying offer. <laughs> I mean, I think he would have gotten paid. I do. But hey, that's a win, right? You have Oda Rizzi back. You convinced Pineda, who had interest from five or six other teams. I actually believe he turned down a little bit more money from some other teams because he feels like, hey, you know, I screwed the Twins a little bit last year. I really like working under the tutelage of Wes Johnson, Rocco Baldelli. I'm coming back to the Twins. So that, to me, was a pretty good move. Savvy move. They did sign Alex Avila. Jason Castro is seeking a starting job. I don't know if he gets that, but I know the Astros mm. and the Tigers and the Angels and the Rangers have some interest in Jason. Jason's agent is also Mitch Garver's agent. So that agent can play that game. You know, so Jason's seeking a starting opportunity. I think the Twins knew that. So the Twins really didn't express interest in in bringing Jason back. But I would just caution fans to just give it some time. Let it breathe. Let's just see how this plays out over the next couple months. If they don't make a move here the next couple days, it'll be okay. So, Dukes, from the folks over with the Twins that you talked to um, as well, though, I think there's an interesting opportunity here. The Vikings are the Vikings. That's not going to change. But the Wolves are off the map, basically. The Wolves are nobody cares right now. The Wild is the other one that has lost fans right and left. So it's not that the Twins would make a move to shut fans up, here's our move. It's a move to make fans say, oh, whoa, because that's going to sell season tickets. That's going to, you you are going to help pay the contract, potentially, of the player that you sign with that move. So, and and I am not trying to say on a year-by-year basis the Twins should always go broke they shouldn't and they don't but this is one dukes where i think it's a really interesting uh the success of the team on the field crosses paths with the potential box office slash business success and you could really justify making a splash because you could make it really clear-cut vikings won but you're right there and everybody else professional sports team wise or golfer basketball is way down here well, I still think the Twins are number two in this market, or maybe the Packers are number two, but I think it's it's been like that for years. But I'm saying for putting people but for I think season that's tickets. Fair. I think that's fair, Judd, but like, give me a specific example then. Like, should they offer Bumgarner five years, $120 million? I'd be, very, I'd be tempted to go. I mean, I think go. to have a chance to get Madison to want to come here, I think you need to go to about that number. Five years, 120 Would you do that? 
I think about it long and hard. So, yeah. and so my answer, I don't know if I would, my answer is if if I have no other shot at Ryu or and, and we can talk about Keuchel here in this segment too because I think I mean I don't know if Keuchel's not on that level, but he's a ground ball pitcher. But if it's Madison Bumgarner or nothing else, and there's really no realistic trade options out there, and it's just it's either you sign Madison Bumgarner to five years, one twenty five. Or you wait until July and cross your fingers that you can get something at the deadline. I'm paying five one twenty five for Madison Bumgarner. I'm okay as we've talked about with him not being worth the value of his contract on the back half because you're ta- you're taking your big swings here in the next two or three years while this window is open. But if he's not worth the money in the first in the first year of the deal, Doogie, I'm not I'm not overpaying for Madison Bumgarner just to walk away from the min- winter meetings and say, hey, look, we got somebody. I agree. I'm with you, Rami. I also would argue that they view. The window is being more open than just the next two or three years. I get it. Coming off 101 wins, you know, we feel like that they're on the cusp, right? That right. in 2020, they can really make a run, even though we know about their, their lengthy playoff losing streak. But I get all that. But they feel like with a top 10 farm system that they can sustain success for a number of years. And I only think it's just Bumgarner that, that really moves the needle. Like, I think Ryu, like, if you're asking me if I'd rather have Ryu or Bumgarner, I'll take the Dodger. I'll, I'll take him. In terms of like on the field, yeah. Yeah, I would. I think for 2020, 2021, I think you can get him on a shorter term deal potentially. What's the price take for him? Well, I think it's 20 to $25 million a year. I mean, okay. you're dealing with Scott Boros. I mean, I don't think Scott's taking anything less for for him to send his client here to Minnesota. So, I mean, I think you'd have to pay, but I don't think you need to offer him four or five years. You know, what is he, 32 or 33? Yeah, 32, yeah. But I just, I don't think he moves the needle. Like, you mean to tell me that he moves the needle? I think it's Bumgarner. Like, who else out there moves the needle? Even Rick Porcello, who they've inquired on, and he's a former Cy Young guy, he doesn't move the needle. I think it's Bumgarner or Bust in that regard. Keuchel's an interesting one in that he came back. Him and Craig Kimbrell both signed around the same time, and Kimbrell was a disaster because he didn't have spring training and he was banged up. Uh, Keuchel was fine. He wasn't. It wasn't his best season, but... Keuchel at his best, there's been two or three seasons where Keuchel has been in the mix as one of the best starting pitchers in all the baseball. Uh, he's extreme ground ball pitcher guy who doesn't get as many strikeouts as Barrios or some of the top strikeout pitchers in baseball. At his worst, he's definitely not worth the 15 to $20 million that you would pay him. So you're, you, you'd kind of be hoping that Dallas Keuchel would perform at the level that he did in 2017, 2015, 14. Um, but he's been he he's been sort of a Jake Odorizzi level pitcher in terms of like he's a good solid number two number three guy. I wouldn't at all rip the Twins if Keuchel was the one they wound up with at the end. If if, if your rotation was Barrios, Keuchel, Odorizzi, Michael Pineda, and then something you could even add at the trade deadline, and then this offense and this lineup, I'm in on that. Sign me up for that, but only after you've exhausted Ryu and Madison Bumgarner. You could sell me on that, but I think the goal this off season always should have been, if that's the ultimate result, to trump Jose Barrios. That you bring in somebody that's better than Barrios. You bring in a guy that you can throw out there game one, ALDS, yep. against the Yankees. Then Barrios slots in thereafter, whoever's hot. Are we, are we, are we by the, the way, are we just sort of, because I, I don't know if I'm ready to concede that Barrios has hit his ceiling yet. I mean, I would plan for him. I, it, obviously, the best case scenario is you sign someone or you trade for someone who's better and then if he also gets on that level, now you're ready. To I don't really think you're done there, though. But I do, I do think that you go into 2020 saying if, if we find ourselves in the exact position that we were in 2019, 
that Brios now can slot in at two. And if Brios becomes a one in 2021 or 2022, fantastic. But to me, this is, to me now, you, you go to spring training, rightfully so, with an expectation, not of going back to the playoffs, but now making a legitimate run. And I think Barrios, as your one in 2020, doesn't personally right now get me there yet. So I think, Phil, the answer to your question is, for now, you slot a guy above Barrios, and if Barrios bounces back in 2021 and and is a lights-out ace, that's awesome. Okay, how many of these guys that we're talking about, we're talking about Ryu, Bumgarner, Keuchel, and let's say... uh, uh, my guy from the Rockies, Jonathan Gray, who is a number three overall pick, are any of those guys definitively better than Jose Barrios? Because I'm going to say no. I would say no. I agree with you. No. Those that's guys, why. That's why you at least make Garrett Cole think about a two year, one hundred million dollar offer. Maybe even go higher than that. <sighs> Dude, and I, I get. I, it. I'm with Doogie. I pay. Two, I do too. I'm I, with you. I, I pay that guy fifty million a year for two years. Though, right? I get it. He wants to be on the West he Coast. No, I think the Yankees throw need to go to nine him, three hundred. I would. Chance. I would rather have Garrett Cole on a two year, one hundred million dollar contract than an eight year, two hundred seventy million dollar contract that he's, he's probably twenty nine. So you give him the opportunity to re enter free agency at thirty one, which isn't ridiculous. He's not I coming. love this idea. He I think you have to actually go higher than two one hundred. And guess what? The wow. Angels come in and well, say, bang. It speaks to Robbins. Reckless speculation. Here's the, amazing. Here's the key, though. The Mad it's Bum. It's not happening. <laughs> Mad Bum, though, in game one, to me, is is talent slash mentality. And I want Brios to see that. That's what I want. Because if we're talking just pure talent, Brios is, can be great. It's fantastic. But I'm talking a bulldog who goes out there and says, I don't give a bleep. And I'm talking about a guy who's been there before. And I'm talking about a guy that Brios can be like, whoa, I thought I was tough. Guess what? I wasn't tough. This guy's tough. I just learned. You're talking about a guy like Boof Bonzer. Boof Bonzer. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about Randy Dobnik. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't Uber in five minutes. No, but I think that that's why, that's why this intrigues me. I'm talking about um, talent and mentality. And the mentality from a guy like that, to me, would take everything up a notch. Is the talent still there, though? And if the talent isn't there, do you still have that bulldog mentality? Phil's We're not talking Bumgarner of 2014 Phil, give, anymore. Give him your theory about Bumgarner. Bum. Yes, because I yeah, like Yeah, Bumgarner is uh, much like anyone who pitches for the Tigers right now or the Orioles right now. There's like six or seven organizations that have just completely fallen behind when it comes to modern trends and player development and pitcher development. And as crazy as it sounds, because the Giants were a pitching factory for years, right? And they pumped out Madison Bumgarner and Tim Lincecum and Matt Cain and all these dudes like 10 years ago. The Giants are behind the times. Now, I, I like uh, Farhan Zaidi is their new general manager, he I want to say, right? Yeah. He's, and he's brilliant, and he mm-hmm. comes from a pipeline of Oakland A's and I believe Dodgers. Uh, but But I don't think the Giants have been maximizing Madison Bumgarner the last three years. In the way that the Astros have maximized a Verlander or uh, the Cubs have maximized a John Lester or whatever it is. I think the Twins could rejuvenate and maybe even add velocity to Madison Bumgarner. And I think there's probably six or seven organizations that could take him and give him a jolt. Didn't he have the highest increase in spin rate from 2018 to 2019 yeah. in all of Major League Baseball? Mm-hmm. So I don't think that age is necessarily taking its toll on Madison Bumgarner yet. I think it is some of what Phil is talking about. He has thrown a lot of pitches, though, right? Yes. I mean, age-wise, he's, what, six, seven, eight months older than Zach Wheeler? But in terms of number of pitches thrown, yeah, 
in the big leagues. I mean, we're talking thousands, right? Yes. Isn't it plural? Just in terms of, because you think about all the postseason pitches that Bumgarner has thrown. Yeah, he's, you do have to wonder, right, as you even get into maybe years three and four, let alone five. But you could and say I'm just that, saying, any chance the Twins have to get Bumgarner, it's all about offering five years. Maybe even they have to offer six, right? I mean, Darvish got 6-126 at the same yeah. age a couple of years ago. They might have to go to six years just to have any prayer to convince Bumgarner to leave the National League and to come here to Minnesota. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh... It's a game like you don't know because Justin Verlander came in the league when he was twenty one or twenty two and has just been a machine pitching two hundred innings every year. Outlier, right? Like he's. But is Bumgarner in that class? Is Bumgarner no, also an outlier? I, I, I mean, based that's on what your gamble his past is. year, no, he's not. Yeah, that's what your gamble would be that he would that he would still be effective for like another five or six years. Hey, on, on the so. Uh, you had, I believe, the Twins making contact with Josh Donaldson a few weeks ago. I think I can't remember if that was your report, but yeah, I've seen you tweeting about it. I don't know if it's happened already. I know as of over the weekend, they were setting up some FaceTime with Donaldson's agent. But do I think that Josh Donaldson is like a big-time priority right now for the Twins? I don't. What Are there any other position players right now? Because they could use either a first or a third baseman still, right? I mean, they could Miguel Sano could move over to first base. Aside from Josh Donaldson, and by the way, here is a Ken Rosenthal tweet on MLB Network right now behind us about Josh. Reckless speculation. The, uh, Anthony Rendon isn't the only free agent third baseman. The Angels are considering. They're also checked in on Josh Donaldson, sources tell the Athletics. So, but like, what other position players have you caught steam on? Well, I mean, they inquired about Didi Gregorius, who's now a Philadelphia Philly. You, know, you keep in mind that, that Gregorius's agent also represents Alex Avila. Represents Rick Porcello. So when the Twins were having dialogue about Avila, you know, those names came up. There is a guy from, is it Japan or Korea? And I don't know how to say the name. T-S-U-T-U-G-O. I think John Morrison, some other national reporters. guy who hits a bunch of home runs. Well, but there's some thought that he can also play some first base. I'm not even quite sure what kind of defender he is in total. I mean, he might just really be a DH, but... Uh, they were seeking out some FaceTime with with his agent. I know that didn't happen yesterday, but I know the Twins, more so actually his agent, was seeking out the FaceTime with the Twins. But that was set to take place either today or will take place tomorrow. So that's a name. There's a deadline of December 19th. You know, there's all those crazy rules with the posting and all that. So there needs to be some sort of finality on whether he stays overseas. I can't remember if it's Japan or Korea, but, you know, stays overseas or comes to the majors like, we'll have closure on that front by December 19th. So I know the Twins are kicking the tires on him. I love the speculation. Isn't it great? This, this is so amazing. great. And Todd Frazier's another name. I mean, there's, it's, there's it's guys that can know where to Speculation. Is, is he going to first base, do you think? Miguel Snow? I think, well, put it this way. I think that conversation has come up. Mm-hmm. Do I think they've made like a final determination on whether that's going do you think to happen? Do you think they're no? Leaning? I think they're still open minded to to also possibilities. Okay, Doogie, what do you think has happened this offseason that all of a sudden teams are spurned to action in free agency? When the last two or three years we've seen big ticket free agents go just about into spring training. I mean, last year we had an all star closer and an all star starter not signed until the season was well underway. What's changed this offseason that Major League Baseball's hot stove is suddenly hot again? That is interesting. I mean. Could a case be made that some teams that maybe weren't competing so much last year now feel like they're closer to being on the cusp of of winning a division? Now the White Sox tried to sign Manny Machado True. last year, but you know the White Sox, you know, again this winter, you know they offer Zach Wheeler 
the most money. You know, I guess the Phillies, I mean, they signed Bryce Harper a year ago, but now the Phillies are all in and they sign, they sign Wheeler. I just, you know, I think there's probably more teams that look at it and say, okay. Fewer rebuilding teams, more competing teams. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah. But it's an interesting uh, inquiry that that you bring up there, Rami, because last winter was really, really weird. Boring. Boring. The last two of them. This is boring, though. I mean, I think they need to find a way. I just, you know, whatever you can do to spice up the winter meetings or just speed things up. I I don't like the slow play. What, what do don't. you want, more trades or signings right now? Well, I wonder if you put, in, in, in fact, I, I think somebody's brought this up on, on a national level, the idea of, of a December trade deadline. Actually, that was Justin Jason, Jason Starks' Jason Stark. uh, article yeah. at The okay. Athletic. Yeah. I got thrown out last year, too, right? Yeah. And his Jason Starks' idea was the Tuesday of the trade deadline at 3 p.m., is the deadline to make any off-season trades, and then you can't make any more trades until Dude, clo- close to opening day. Okay, so, so Tuesday of the winter meeting. So, so, so like right, so today. so today at 3 p.m., trade making a trade to get a player to improve your baseball team is no longer an option, and Stark's theory is that would motivate more teams huh. to go into free agency to improve themselves because that's the only avenue at that point. I love it. And you can't hold that leverage over agents and, and free agents' heads, right? Well, I mean, if you're going to ask for that much money, then we'll just we'll go, just go on a trade the trade for market, someone. Right. You can't. Real quick, since we have Doogie for a couple more minutes here, this is uh, our, our debut scoop segment on Mackie and Jeb with Rami, bringing it from the old morning show. And we're officially, I saw Jonathan put it into our shared document every Tuesday. Scoop. Boom. Come on up Good. here and hang nice. out with us. Appreciate that, boys. So uh, I didn't see this, but social media Seth tweeted out a graphic from ESPN's The Jump today. According to Adrian Wojnarowski on The Jump today, the Timberwolves are looking to acquire D'Angelo Russell or Kyle Lowry. But they are back in the mix for D'Angelo Russell because, I mean, the Warriors are terrible. So, A, uh, what are your thoughts on that? And, B, when can they actually trade for D'Angelo Russell? Can they do it now? Or do they have to wait a certain amount of time because he's new with the Warriors? Can yeah, they, I mean, trade they can't now? trade for Russell right this second, but as of December 15th. So when is that? Is that Sunday? As of Sunday, a yes. few days from now, hmm. they could strike a deal for D'Angelo Russell. Kyle Lowry did sign a contract extension in Toronto for one year. I'm he's not quite sure the Raptors are real motivated to move Lowry right this second. I mean, the East, I mean, I like Boston. I like Rami's Bucks. You know, I think Philadelphia is really good. But I think Toronto and Miami slot in thereafter. I mean, Toronto, even minus Kawhi, can still make a run. So I would be surprised if, if Lowry goes before the early February trade deadline. But, yeah, I mean, I think Golden State at some point will be motivated to move Russell. Now, is that right now or is it in the summer? But, yeah, I mean... I would bet you name the price that there is zero chance that Russell fulfills the five years of, or was it four, the four-year contract he signed with Golden State in the summer. And, yeah, I mean, as long as, I mean, heck, Carl Anthony Towns loves the guy. Carl Anthony Towns is a creative arts agency guy. Andrew Wiggins is a creative arts agency guy. Gerson Rosas is a creative arts agency guy. That's Russell's agency. I, I just... You know, you start reading the tea leaves and connecting some logical dots. Yeah, I mean, the Wolves are always going to be interested in D'Angelo Russell. The question is, you know, does Golden State have interest in, in Robert Covington? I was going to say, who, do they have interest in Jared Culver? I mean, Jeff Teague. I mean, if, if they oh, want some yeah. salary relief, the Wolves will move Jeff Teague tomorrow. I'll trade Jeff Teague. Towns spazzed at Teague the other night, too, in that Suns game, too. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, yet. I did. Yeah. And, There's some and tension there. Jeff, there, there was some tension last year with Derrick Rose. Yeah. 
there's nothing to worry about long term because Jeff Teague isn't going to be here next year. The question is, is he here on February 7th? Right. Beyond the trade deadline. But I can just promise you Rosas would move Teague in a heartbeat if, if the right deal presents itself. But Golden State wants an asset or two, presumably. If you're the Wolves, I don't think you should be in the business of, of giving up any future first round picks, especially ones without any sort of protection. Did you trade Culver? I would trade Culver. Yeah. To get Russell. Yeah. I absolutely. Yeah. I, I think, I think his ceiling is limited. I think he'll have a long NBA career. I think he'll always defend. I think eventually he'll finish better at the rim. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think I think the ceiling is somewhat limited on Jared Culver. I would absolutely pull the trigger. If I, I was getting an all-star back like Russell, sure. and I needed to give up Jared Culver, in a heartbeat I would do that. That is Darren Doogie Wolfson, 5 Eyewitness News. You can also find him twice a week on the Scoop podcast. The Friday episode airs at 6 o'clock here on Score North. Otherwise available anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Uh, and go follow him on Twitter, at KSTP for uh, various Twins news and nuggets here during the winter meetings. So thanks for coming in. I appreciate Welcome it, boys. Back. I'll see you next Welcome Tuesday. Back, Dukes. Tough, Dukes. All right, we're going to come back with a cram session.